0: welcome to the doing delta podcast october 2nd 2022 i am your host john x here with your other host coming from costa rica mr david k hey guys it's david pura vida good day pura vida how's the weather down there bro did you guys get affected by the hurricane whatsoever
1: Not so much by the hurricane, really. Um, We did have some good rain last night, but I don't know if it had anything to do with the hurricane. Probably not. It is very hot here. So we would call this sweltering weather. It is hot and humid right now.
0: Oh, nice. Well, I love that type of weather. So to me, you're in paradise, bro. You know, you've got a lot of things that a lot of people are looking for. For me. Yeah, well, everybody. Sure.
1: We, have a, we have a lot of tourists here.
0: People from a lot
1: of places come here to get away.
0: Coffee. It's a nice place to be. You got coffee. The best coffee in the world. Some of the best we coffee. Got
1: in the world. Chocolate.
0: Chocolate. Uh, we got chocolate. Chocolate. We
1: got sloths and
0: monkeys and all kinds of interesting living things. It is a regular nature ride there. Do you have any wolves? You have any wolves? No. No. No, there aren't there aren't wolves.
1: Here. That's an interesting question. I, I I'm not exactly sure what the reasons are, but no wolves. But we do have uh mountain lions and
0: ocelots
1: and, and uh black panther. I love that one.
0: And you got some nice natural elements there. Yes, natural elements. So bro doing delta. Pura vida means pure life. It's a slogan for Costa Rica. So, oh, you yeah, know,
1: all about the life, the living living things.
0: It's good that we you have that natural balance with that show because here we are up here in the states. And we're involved in all these different tussles and fights that are going on. Whereas you have nice sweltering heat going on down there. We've got hurricanes that we've been dealing with and people swimming out of their homes and feel bad for those people. So a big shout out to you guys down in Florida that are going through those situations. Hope that you that everything works out eventually, especially you potheads. I know it's tough when you can't find your bowls. We all have problems when we can't find our polls, but um hey it is what it is. so bro, doing delta let's talk. Let's
1: talk I, uh, what's
0: that uh, what you go ahead what were you gonna say?
1: Well, I was gonna say that I just uh read an a very interesting article about the production of hemp in the United States that shows that what was planted in 2020 was a very large amount. And in 2021, that amount was cut in half. And then in 2022, that amount was cut down quite a bit more, which means that the supply of hemp for Production of CBD for production of all of the products that follow from that um, is going to see the prices increase quite a bit mm. in the coming whatever time frame. Not so quick, but it's guaranteed because there's a huge built up amount of biomass um, that's made it very cheap and made all the different things that are made from it, the Delta 8 and all these hemp derived compounds are right now artificially inexpensive because of the oversupply of hemp um and when that oversupply is worked through when the 2020 crop is gone and then they're into the 2021 which was still way more planted than 2022 so there's going to be a accumulating pressure on the prices of everything in the industry over the next couple of years i say
0: well, I, I can agree with that and I can kind of concur. A friend of mine who has a farm upstate was saying the same things. Fred, he makes like a very great product of hemp. And um, I mean, his his flower is just like the buds on his flower was just beautiful. And the things that he was able to do with that hemp were amazing. With it. He was doing the extracts. He was doing a lot of the tinctures. And um, he even had a cream that was like fantastic. This cream was just like, I still want him to remanufacture that, but he took kind of a hit in the hemp market back in twenty twenty because there was such a big market of hemp that was coming out and um the pricing and that's part of the whole thing about Delta and marijuana. The legislation has really gotta the legislation has really gotta catch up to where it is, for example. I don't know if how much you know about Maine, but Maine, they have medical marijuana. That business has been going, like, pretty strongly. And what the state did was they implemented a law that in order to work in the hemp business, you have to be a resident of Maine. So, of course, we've talked about it on the show before. A lot of the bigger manufacturers are trying to kind of nationalize the whole product. And the whole problem with that is that when you nationalize a lot of times the local farmer gets knocked out. The same way in other industries, the local businesses have been knocked out. Your mom-and-pop hardware store is now Home Depot. Some people think it's great, but if you're a person that gets a, makes an income from your small business, if you're a small operator, it's not so great. So Maine has this law, and this law is being challenged by, I'm going to say, big hemp big marijuana, and a lot of people feel like the Biden administration should step in a little bit because the federal government does have some, they do have some power here where they can step in and they can make a lot of changes that can kind of balance things out, but we're really just feeling things out. You know what I'm saying, bro? Mm Hmm. It's really all just getting it's really just all getting felt out. But I'm always for the small operator. I love the small operators. Right now the kush that I'm smoking as I record this show was provided by a small operator out of out of California, a black gentleman who makes a, a great line of kush as well as I forget the other one, but I am smoking, so I can be forgiven for forgetting on a cannabis podcast, right? Can I, Dave? A little bit? Sure. Sure, thanks. Sure. Thanks, man. 100%. You know? Don't worry about it. So do you feel like, you know, it seems like the the crazy part is that a lot of people that are in marijuana and cannabis and hemp, and not really government people, would you agree with that? Yeah, but what's happening is
1: that as the industry becomes... Um, more professional and it has been ongoing for some years because it is a strong vibrant sector of the economy at a time when there are not many sectors of the economy that are like that then the people who are just good business people that go into whatever is a good segment of the economy have also come into this and therefore they are there not not with any of those other what we might call hippie vibes or, you know, uh, farmer vibe or whatever, even as much as they're here to maximize value for their shareholders or whatever. And so that changes the dynamic as you introduce the whole legal framework. Then it becomes uh, a balance and a bit of a tug of war between these two sides, I think, between those who are in it you know very strongly motivated by profit and not very motivated by ideas of uh you know world peace or environmental harmony or something and then on the other end of the spectrum you have people who are minimally financially motivated but very much driven by their mission and and put a lot of passion in what they do and give a lot of value because of that you know love they have for what they do or the idea of service or of making the world better. Um, but as an industry becomes professionalized, you could say, or matures and um, becomes more uh, organized, then there's always going to be that struggle to maintain that kind of uh, idealism and vibrant energy as opposed to becoming more uh what you can call stolid, you know, stagnant, trapped
0: in by a lot of policies and, um, economic fascism, motive. economic fascism. Yeah, yeah. In effect, that's really so what it's we... It's
1: always a, it's always an issue. And here in Costa Rica, I'm experiencing it very directly because when I started my involvement in the CBD business here, a year and a half or so ago, really... It was before the law had been approved here for medical marijuana and and hemp farming and everything related, Um, and I was involved in helping to do work on, you know, the process of getting that law passed here. And now that it's passed, and now that it's overcome its constitutional challenges and, and... um, opposition from whoever was trying to oppose its implementation, it's now in the process of being implemented and worked out. But that process is not a snap of the fingers. It's very complex and it involves the same dynamics you're talking about. Some people who want to come in and just own everything and you know, slap their label on it and don't care much probably at the end of the day about details of the quality of the product and then others who are some of whom are small producers who are just going to be put out of business by this because they're not willing to play by those rules or not able to for one reason or another, or they now just have a lot more competition, you know, so maybe in their neighborhood, they had five people buying their CBD and those people didn't really have other options. And now they've got options everywhere they go. They go to the supermarket or, Pharmacy, or now that it becomes legal, there's a lot of people pushing the product, and that's kind of growing. So it doesn't make an impact on the small producers who used to sell um, to local clients. And it's made an impact on me in my ability to sell tincture, for example, in the stores where they carry my CBD tinctures. They're not selling very well in the stores where it's just the public going to look because now the public goes to the pharmacy and they've got several brands and, you know, some brands are from Costa Rica and they have, you know, they, whatever, but you know, so there, there is a lot more competition. And even though we have a better product at a lower price, that might not be visible in, in the smoke and mirrors of an advertising budget or who knows what else
0: packaging
1: in the U S you take a guy like your friend, Fred, who makes a great product and, and mom and pops it. And then he could have his product out there with a fair price on it, and then, because he doesn't have the same you know packaging or design investment, or you know maybe a big company has a hundred thousand dollar you know contract with a design firm who who does their labels and their advertising, and you do it for yourself you know right so mm-hmm. these things um, advantage the big players and disadvantage the smaller players
0: the bells and whistles that's what attracted me to the cannabis is because a lot of the, and even like, and bringing up, you know, my guy upstate again, um, he great product. Like his products were like, they were pure, they work, you know, great products. And I wouldn't call him exactly a small mom and pop because he does have, he did, he does have a little bit of money that's behind them. But the whole point is though, when you're, when you're an individual, even if you've got five million dollars as an individual, you're really going up against hundred million and billion dollar corporate interest when you're when it is what it really comes down to. And that little five million, I mean, for example, just to get a license in New York State, the process was really costing you, I believe it was like two point5 million was like where it was initially for people who started two years ago now new york has the law where if you had a conviction then you can actually as a ex-felon and if you're a person of color then you can kind of go to the front of the line i kind of want to see what that's like too because even though i don't have any convictions the only time that i have been arrested was for marijuana possession and i did go through an acod which is a full disclosure type of deal here Because we're real on this show. So, you know, I went through an ACOD, and you go through about a year, whatever the time frame is, you don't have any problems, you don't have anything, it gets expunged. But I wonder if that counts, because, like, even though it wasn't a sentence, per se, it was, like, a stressful period of time in my life. (laughs) You know, you had to check your pockets before you left, everywhere you go, you gotta make sure that nothing is is anything but the point being though the point being though is that the little operator is really something that is these little people these people that have that have been really pushing for a long time they're looking at being pushed out in certain areas and i think it's important there's something called the cannabis voter project it's being done by headcount And if anyone's listening, you're interested in finding out what is going on with the election coming up, who stands where in your state with your candidates. If you want to know what's going on with your candidates and where they stand on cannabis-related legislation, go to cannabisvoter.info. And that spot will pretty much give you a lot of information. It'll, it, you can basically put in your state, you can put in your race locally. They have anything that's cannabis related in your state that's up on a referendum. And even if you're not normally a voter, because just ignore all the other stuff, don't you know, you don't have to, it's not liberals trumpers conservatives sleep with your dogs whatever it is there are referendums that come up during every vote that are issues that the voters can decide to vote on so if you're not interested in voting for trump or biden or whoever it is whatever the election is don't worry about it you can abstain from those votes but these votes actually make a difference in the history and the future Not the history, the future of where this business is going. You know what I mean, Dave? All right.
1: Sure, sure, sure. That's right. Yeah, ballot initiatives. Like When I was in California, I worked on an initiative to uh, provide uh, farm animals with more space to move around. Chickens, pigs, and calves. We um, created a campaign. To create a law, that, uh, there's a thing called battery cages kept in these cages where they can't even move, you know, and it's more efficient for the poultry farms to just keep them in these little cages. Anyway, without going into all the details, we got it put on the ballot, and then we... Uh, ended up getting that um, passed, and that became law in California, and it affected the lives of millions of chickens and calves and and pigs for the better. In the, in the he said that it would be a disaster. I mean, his honey and eggs are going to be more expensive than everything. It had minimal or no impact on, on the cost of things, and that became law You know, 15 years nice. ago or something. Nice. So,
0: yeah.
1: Nice. There you I'm go. A favorite. I'm a favorite of stuff like that, yeah. Dave direct,
0: man, you've got... Direct
1: action is important.
0: You've got more tricks in your bag, bro, than most people know. Mm-hmm. But direct action is very important. I I myself, in my time when I was down in D.C., I worked for a pack for a total of 24 hours. So we're not all built to do that, to knock on doors or make phone calls and everything. But where I support these things the way I possibly can, and one of those ways that I do that is by letting people who are more proactive than myself know where they can go out and they can find the information. And this voter that info, I, I find it to be a great state because you can literally go just check out your state and find out where the people stand on cannabis-related referendums that are coming up. And... Uh, you know we we try to stay away from politics but we have this thing where we say in my house it's two wings of the same bird and basically all of the important legislation it's going to go the way that it's going to go no matter who is whether it's this guy or whether it's this um, young lady or you know woman or whatever and everything what gender Um, It's all going to go the same way But the things that are important to you You need to vote your issues So If cannabis is an issue for you Check it out Make sure you get down to the polls And let's see if we can get Some positive things going in the Cannabis range and region And hemp range Because it's more than about Just like what I'm doing right now Which is puff puff pass There's no one to pass to Dave (laughs)
1: <laughs> well, you know, the world is in a is in quite a, a pickle right now, and with all the printing of money everywhere and the economic stresses of of the war over there, in Ukraine, and of the pandemia, and all these things have created massive economic disruption whose effects are going to continue to be felt around the world profoundly. And the cannabis space is still an area of, pardon the pun, an area of growth. (laughs) Um, (laughs) And a great promise for um, improving the viability and the productivity and the prosperity of communities where it's, if, where it's well practiced and in the industry and being part of it, um, in a small way that I am right now, I'm conscious of that and looking to understand continuously how to play the best role I can in connecting people with the best of the medicine of what is possible through this plant, through cannabis, through hemp, through um, everything that's derived from it, because those benefits are profound. Uh, one of my clients who I told you about is a woman who really just can't live without the, the pain salve now that I sell, sell her from Mountain Meadow. And uh, her husband had his back hurting, and he, he never used the pain salve or really thought about it. But they had done something, and he did something that actually hurt his back. So he was in a lot of pain, and then the wife said to him, hey, let me, let me put some of this on you, and so he let her do it. And then after 20 or 30 minutes, she asked him how he was doing, and he said, well, I don't understand it, but somehow the pain is gone, so, you know. It's it's a remarkably great product, and then the benefits of the plant overall, especially when we say responsibly used, because, of Mm -hmm. course, some people are in judgment of marijuana use, and they think of people using marijuana as being unmotivated and stoners and distracted or losers or whatever— but that's one character in the book. There there are plenty of people who smoke marijuana who are highly effective, organized, you know, and and achieve a lot. Well it's um, the same thing
0: so- it's the same thing that works with people who do alcohol. And you've got alcoholics out there that are absolutely yeah, useless from the time people- they wake up in the morning. And, you know, it's the same thing with marijuana. Anytime you have any type of drug, you're going to have abuse. But there's a reason why the legalization movement has gained, if it hasn't gained any type of um, friends or allies or as many friends of allies on illegal legal Point of view, as far as academically is concerned, there's, there are very strong arguments that are being made for the legalization of all drugs, psychotropics, even things such as heroin. Um, and Now, heroin's a terrible drug, but oxycodone is essentially heroin in a pill form. So if you're going to talk about doing heroin or making that legal, You need to really go backwards and kind of talk about these oxycodone pills that millions, hundreds of millions of people take on a daily basis and are addicted to on a daily basis. The argument for a free market and for legalization of all of these different things come down to economics and safety the same arguments and when it comes when you talk about economics and safety there is especially when you open up the safety bag you've got a whole lot of different things in industries that get touched and attached by that you have the prison industry which relies on people to actually commit these quote-unquote crimes in their neighborhoods they make it dangerous for them to actually do these things so they have to carry firearms they make it um illegal so that way they can't basically cash out on it or really take advantage of their gains except unless you have a different type of savvy you've got to have all types of savvy to become a successful drug dealer in the United States of America, you've got to be able to make the money. You've got to be able to launder the money, set, spend the money, all types of things. So you're creating all these different things that pockets are, that come into existence that wouldn't normally be in existence if it were all legalized. Do you understand what I'm saying?
1: Yeah, I do, and I'm. I would lean towards agreement, you know, with that. So, um, yeah, generally, I think, when you see the like the drug like fentanyl that came up that's so abundant and cheap and powerful and just killing people all over the place, I think that's the result and. You know, side effect of the illegality is a thriving black market, which is
0: unregulated to an extent. It's often dangerous for the uh, public. Right. the The big difference is the big difference, though, with the fentanyl yeah, market.
1: That person can go get heroin.
0: Right, and the big difference between the fentanyl and the oxycodone yeah, market yeah. and things of those nature is that. Any way you slice it, the majority of profits that are coming from the illegal legal business in oxycodone are still being derived or still being paid out to the larger manufacturers of those products. Oxycodones, yeah. they get manufactured by a corporation or a company, and then at a certain point, what happens to those pills once they leave, it's everyone's eyes are turned. Marijuana doesn't have those type of types of checks and balances in place so that these corporations and these other places are able to make the money. And that's part of what the argument is with a state like Maine that doesn't want to allow these people to come in because the truth of the matter is is what they're saying is that we see the way that the that the other system has worked and what it has done and we don't want you coming in and doing the same thing to the state of Maine. For example, mm-hmm. yeah, just the no responsibility. When you were saying so, when you were talking earlier, Dave, like honestly, when you were talking about the corporations and the people, I think like it just became clear to me it was like there's a difference between people who actually care about those who take the products and about humanity and about the society that we live in. And then there's others that are like, oh well these mother, they, these people they're gonna get theirs, they're gonna do X, Y, and Z anyway. Either they're they're I'll just say forget about a race thing, but it's just like a poor or a just like a line in the sand, you know, that's drawing where these people are just meant to be consumers and either in any way, shape, or form and they shouldn't really have a say. Because they are just consumers. Mm-hmm. And whatever we decide to put out there, anything that's good for you, it eventually gets broken up. So I'm definitely here for the smaller guys and for the bigger guys that are doing things the right way. There's nothing wrong with competition as long as you're providing a great product. If you're providing a great product, it should be available to people everywhere. There's no doubt about that. But what I'm against is, like, corporations coming in and, Buying up a store, for example, and then and closing that store down just so it can't be in competition with their store in the same area. That's going to offer a substandard service. We need to keep the standards. We need to watch the marijuana and the hemp standards in this business and work towards keeping them high. Sorry, no pun intended. Bust and boom, um, yeah. <laughs> Did I go off there for a minute? Yeah, or you know, I don't know. You're cool. You're
1: not, right. Nothing wrong with that. We got to keep our standards high. Like, I laughed about you, your high standards, but I'm with you. So, um, yeah, man, you know, it's a, as much as we have these challenges and pressures with the corporate influences and, and the pressures on the small producers and how farmers are getting screwed as usual. These things are all true, but it's also true that it's such a a powerful medicine for the people. And there are so many people who... who, Yeah, there's many, many people, a large part of the population still doesn't have any idea how much benefit can be derived from the cannabis-related family of products and um, derivatives for pain, for stress, for sleep, for so many things that I think the mission that we originally conceived here was doing Delta and the mission that most people involved in this industry are on one way or another is to – connect people with the useful options that they have and the information to provide that context of how they could use products that are derived from cannabis instead of products derived from something not natural in a laboratory where it's pharmaceutically based and that the side effects um, are much, much softer, less disruptive, and less dangerous than they are with anything related to pharmaceuticals. And I think that's the fundamental opportunity before us is to do the world a lot of good by connecting people with this solution and and moving them away from following other solutions which are more detrimental, um, deleterious,
0: and uh, consumptive. Definitely And on that note We're going to end this episode Of doing Delta Dave we're supposed to be Thanks Thanks for for showing up bro And um, we're trying to make it We're trying to make it weekly Time is a little bit Time constraints Just bear with us for a little while Stick with us until at least the new year You're going to like the changes That we're going to make Coming up in the new year And um, you know Doing Delta. Dave, you got anything to say? Pora Vida.
1: Well, I'm also going to say that we, uh, we're going to work very diligently to achieve a Doing Delta storefront being up so that our uh, listeners can become clients as well in and the near take future. It,
0: and take advantage of some of the better quality products that are out there take advantage you know Dave and I are both, are both manufacturers and sellers of different products on different levels either here and there and um, the thing is the one thing that brought us together is the is our desire to provide quality and that's what we want doing Delta to be as a quality place right now we're just going to try to keep everyone focused on the important things and the important thing right now are the votes and the legislation that's coming up and if you guys don't vote You know, as I said before, don't worry about uh, being Democrat or a Republican or whatever. You can be an independent and you can go in there. And if you're not interested in participating, you could just uh, click abstain from all of those votes for all of those people. But these legislations that are coming up, check your local area. As I said before, the Cannabis Voter Info, CannabisVoter.info is the place where you can go and you can find out what's going on in your local area what's on what referendums are up and more importantly which ones are your politicians that are running and up for office where they actually stand on cannabis related legislation so on that note october 2nd doing delta podcast david k pura vida Por vida, yeah, everybody. Johnx, see you guys next week, hopefully. Later.